watching the rising billions disrupting tradition always be closing gaining exponential wisdom from street smart strategies i dream the kind of dreams that other people said would not be possible free your mind nothing happens till something moves i'm a big fan of going all in on your strengths create your blue ocean innovation and collaboration with competition do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life or do you want to come with me and change the world creating uncontested market space i worry that people don't tap into their strengths wealth creation and a new economy entrepreneur there is a very thin dividing line between success and failure witnessing unprecedented technology you can fail at what you don't want so you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold Show with Christopher Cumby and Alan Mitch. Hi, it's Christopher Cumby with Think Bold, Be Bold, and I'm always here with my awesome co-host, Alan Witch is in the house. What's going on, my brother? In the house. Hey, my younger brother from another mother. How you doing? You know, I'm down at the beach. What do you expect? <laughs> you know, always at the beach, always having a good time. You know, it's it's freezing here and icy rain, and he's walking around in his Harachi sandals and his T-shirt and his hat. So, I kudos, man. Yeah. I think that's well, uh, I think know, that's great. <laughs> we all have um, we all have things that we want to accomplish in life, and this is one of the big things that I wanted to accomplish. So here I am, you know, thinking big, being bold, and all kinds of cool things. And thinking of big, you know, this is uh, larger than life. Um, we're really excited about today's show. Uh, in fact, it took us a little while, uh, but we're here now, <laughs> and we're really excited. And uh, man, she is going to. Uh, excite everybody. I know that for sure. Um, and Alan, of course, you always do the great pleasures. Uh, we're not live today, um, but I'm hoping that we could do something really cool with her live one day because she is just an extraordinary uh, person. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm really excited to, um, well, put it this way, Alan, you and I have been following her, not literally around the, you know, the world, but she certainly goes around <laughs> the world. And we've seen this, yeah. you know, this journey and, and just amazing things. So, I'm just, it's a big privilege today uh, to have this opportunity and, and, and chat with, um, with our guests. So why don't we just uh, jump right in and, and let's introduce her and let's, let's get on. I, I, think it's, I think it's fantastic. Think Big Sunday. Now, if yeah, anybody's right? anybody anywhere in the world knows what that is, they know who our guest is. Sure. And if that didn't give it away... Her, her face and her name on the screen will definitely give it away. But we've got Marsha Wright in the house today. And uh, Chris, hey. you're right. Uh, we have been following Marsha for a long time. Marsha, welcome. Um, I was, was going to do a big, big fanfare, but everybody knows you. Everybody knows oh you. Oh, my you're, God. You're, you're, you're an icon. I don't know. There's, in, uh, there's in... someone somewhere <laughs> who has no clue who I am. That's how I stay humble. There are, there are millions of people who have no idea who I am. There's loads who do, though. Sure. That's really good. For sure. <laughs> but you're impacting as, as a lot Chris, of lives. And, yeah, very sure. much so. Exciting. Very much so. And like Chris said, you know, we've we've been connected for, for a long time you know, well over a year and watching each other and understanding what's going on and what's happening in our combined worlds and in our individual worlds. And 
it, it's come to uh, you know to fruition today. And I think that's a great thing. You and I, Marsha, have talked numerous times in the past, and I think it's led up to a, an idealistic time in, in, I know, in our lives that you're on the show today, going to bring your genius, going to talk uh, about some tremendous topics that I think everybody listening is going to benefit from. And, and sure. I kind of want to get into that. I kind of want to just dive in, make this a fun and enjoying uh, very open, it. very transparent Deep in. Deep in. discussion, ah, okay. and and I know you're I know you're down for that. So welcome yeah. to the show, Marcia. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. You guys are awesome. <laughs> Hi to all of your viewers. I can't wait to do a live, and then I can kind of get everybody's questions as well. But yeah, it's such a pleasure. Uh, think bold, be bold is really, really what my life is about, and. I always say to people, like almost every communication I will write, the end of that will be live boldly as a, a both an encouragement and a command. Um, sometimes you need permission to remember that you can do that. And so it's really, really awesome to be on Think Bold, Be Bold. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's, a, it's a lie that you hear. And I think that's sure. what connected it was the bold piece <laughs> year, a year plus ago. I think that was, yeah, a, that sure. was a real key piece. Yeah. Sorry, Chris, I cut you off. No, that's okay. I mean, you know, this conversation, it, it, you know, I feel like we're around a fireside chat, so we're likely going to yeah. go overlap and, and, and have a good time with this. But, you I'm know, Marsha, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the things that I know uh, always starts our show off is, is really, you know, what, where it all kind of started for you because you know you have an extraordinary story as as most people do and i think that um going uh where you're you are and 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 certainly it's bold and beautiful where you're going but you know it obviously went through um identifying you know what that was going to look like at, in some point for you and probably um like everybody uh, some sort of struggle uh, to get there and, and identify and, and, and walk into that. So let's just start at the beginning, maybe, uh, where, you know, you want to take it and, and uh, let's talk about some of the things that you've been doing over the last, uh, you know, several years. And you're, you're right. I mean, that's a big, that's stage. a big question. I almost feel I as though I did like 16, <laughs> 20 lifetimes in one person. Uh, so sure. when you were like, you sure. know, tell us about the time you hit a wall. I'm like, which particular wall would you like to know about? Um, <laughs> well, maybe so, one that stands out the most. Let's go there. What would you like to know about? You know, because I'm, you know, I'm a living, breathing, normal person, and while people kind of see me as like this social media um, icon and you know, like uh, all of the popularity that comes with, with that. Um, I'm still just like a normal person and I've always sure. been passionate about people. Primarily, that's my first thing. Um, I'm passionate about um, about business. I've always been passionate about that. Um, there's a few other passions that I have, like that is just me. But, you know, to be at this point in my life, I'm 35 now, I semi-retired at 32 and I really uh, enjoy my life now. So I spend a lot of time traveling around the world. Right now I'm in um, the Hilton in um, Chicago because I'm doing a great partnership with Hilton at the moment. And I really love their Hilton Honors program. Um, and then, you know, next week I'll be in Chicago, uh, in, um, no, end of this week I'll be back in LA uh, 
early next week I'll be in Singapore, <laughs> then I'll be in Bali. And then, you know, I think I have to go to Ireland a few weeks later and then another city site. So I'm traveling all the time. I'm passionate about travel. Um, so, you know, I've got all of those things as, as my current life, but the way my current life is, is by design and not by accident. And sometimes we set out these goals of great things that we want to achieve, but we don't always look at like, what do I really, really, really want? Like, what do I want my lifestyle to be like? What do I want my business to be like? How do I want to affect people's lives? And what can I do that's uniquely special? I remember um, Richard Branson gave me some advice. I think I was about 17. Um, maybe no, maybe I was about, yeah, about 17 or 18 at the time. And he said, um, you know, everything that you do, be the best at it in the world, like untouchable, be the absolute best take care of your people and manage your cash flow. Those are these three tips to me. And so I took those through my whole life, but then I started looking at, um, you know, the point at which you start acquiring a lot of stuff and you get more and more successful. Everybody knows who you are. And then you have to look at it and go, am I living the life, a life worth living for me? Am I just living a life of purpose? Uh, a purposeful intention and not actually enjoying the life that I live today. And so what's really important for me and that really exemplifies living boldly is being bold enough not only to go for it, but also being bold enough to say, hey, at which point am I happy and am I willing to just enjoy this space of being happy and being content and being successful at saying no to things that will not continue to serve five years down the line, two years down the line, towards giving you something that isn't really what you want. So what I've become really good at doing is, um, and I'll give you a, a, just a summary of my businesses and stuff, but what I've become really doing just as a person is being smarter about how I do things, smarter about who I work with, um, opportunities that I look for, and also just smarter about my energy. You know, my husband and I have um, like this amazing 60 year plan that we're working um, we had a 10 year plan, um, from, you know, when we first got married, we've been together almost 20 years, which makes me feel wow. like I should be older than I am. When I say that out loud, Amazing. I'm like, who, who, made, me? Amazing. who made me a grown up, you know, like, geez, how did that happen? Um, <laughs> but we've been together 20 years this year. So when um, we Congrats. first started That's out, amazing. we had nothing. Yeah. Yeah. We had, we, when I say we had nothing, you have to understand, we would go like a week on like what you guys would call welfare. We would have $8 a week for everything. Once we had paid a little bit toward rent and a little bit towards electricity, we literally had $8 a week that covered food and gas. Wow. So to tell you that we really started from nothing and just really built up and to be where we are now where you know a normal day would be i don't know i might go to play badminton and then you know do some business calls and you know li liaise with some of my business connections and, and whatever be involved in whatever and then i might go to walk on the beach and so on like you do over there in in sunny florida and like Alan doesn't do in cold. <laughs> thanks, thanks for, for the reminder. Appreciate that. You, yeah. sending, we're sending just like you a heat, sister would say. Office, but, you know, just trying to send you some heat from anywhere. God damn it, anywhere. Um, but you know, <laughs> the, the 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 lifestyle that we have now is really because of 
um, a discussion that my husband and I had and our business um, team had about, you know, what what does perfection look like? And it was really funny because it didn't look how I, I think I was raised to think success looked. Um, it involves, for me, being in a position where I don't worry about what I have to spend, I can enjoy my lifestyle. Um, I'm not a crazy extravagant spender, even though people think I'm a crazy diva until they talk to me. I guess I can be like 40% diva, but like 60% is really, really <laughs> um, I'm actually quite a normal person, unless you engage the diva. You don't engage the diva. Um, but yeah, so... You know, like it just all of that. I say all of that to say this, it, you know, success for you as a person doesn't necessarily have to be what success for somebody else is. Somebody else wants to have a huge, big old mansion. I've had lovely big houses. I live in a big house now and I have different houses that I live in around the world. But I, you know, for success for one person might be like having a huge mansion or another person. It could be having a three bedroom detached home in the suburbs with a white picket fence. That's not my version of like amazing perfection. But for someone else, it is. You have to find what is for you and then find the easiest way to get there that allows you to enjoy your passions at the same time. And you're not going to know it on day one, especially if you're just starting from scratch. You're not going to know the exact route. You just have to get something started and then that will be a hint of something else. And so to kind of make a full circle to your question, like how did I start and some of the things that I've been through, you know, like my first business you know I had little businesses as a, as a kid but my first business where I had an office I was doing resumes for people and I was always the youngest you know I, I never had any clients who were younger than me so I'm like a 17 year old who realized that the thing I could do is I could get any job I applied for so I was like okay let me see if I can help people get their resumes together and help people kind of get you know, what to, what to say in an interview, etc. And so that was my skill. And I didn't realize that the actual skill wasn't getting any job I applied for, but my skill was marketing. My skill was being able to understand what um, the other side needed, my interviewer needed and the company needed and be able to kind of live up to that. And so um, that was really my start. And then uh, I got married um, uh, about four years later. Um, so when I was 16 is when I started that business. Yeah. So I got married when I was 20 um, and then I closed that business down because I didn't make that much money. It was actually, I felt like a complete failure. Um, I, and, I, I, you know, I was this 20 year old. I just closed my business. I just got married and I was like, I have no purpose. <laughs> what am I going to do with my life? <laughs> and um, I really didn't feel like I, I was, I, I, I mean, I really was depressed. I really was because I really was like, Everything I did was business. I worked 20 hours a day and I failed. And, um, you know, I didn't, I, it was very difficult for me to look for the lesson in it. And anyway, I started to read and about a year later. Um, I read this um, Kiyosaki book, uh, which is Retire Young, Retire Rich. And I, it was just really, it really spoke to me at that space in my, in my life. And um, only a few years later, I actually interviewed Robert at an event and I actually I think I even still have that recording if I I'll, I'll try and see if I can get let you guys link to it yeah that's um, beautiful but I know and my voice sounds really young in that interview anytime I hear it, I'm like I sound like a child <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know I've got this grown-up voice now but um, that was my first show and I, I started doing a um, show for Simon had 
uh, a background in radio. And um, so I started to do my show and um, that became like the number one show in property and investing. And I think it was number four in the world in business on iTunes and stuff. So wow. it was really doing amazing. And um, I was kind of a bit of a novice and, and, but it, it really worked and people really responded to it. I ended up building a good database by going to a few um, exhibitions and I was speaking there. And just a sidebar about speaking, I'm okay now. But back then when I would do any speaking gig, I would be like sitting down and I'm sitting down like this and I'd be all happy. But under the table, there was a whole thing going on. Like, you know, my legs. <laughs> and I'm also, like, and then I'd be having in my no lie i would be at a conference and there were hundreds of people will be coming to see me specifically and i will be there and i'm thinking how can i get out of this in the green room and i'm <laughs> i'm like i'm legit i'm like i'm like wonder if i could faint would they forgive me if I fainted? Because I'd definitely get out of it if I could faint. And like, so like I'm, I've got this whole thing in my head. And for years, I'd have this nervous energy. And then I'd get on stage and then boom, I'm okay. Showtime. But it would be that beforehand. So I, I've kind of, I've gotten to a point, you know, I still do speaking gigs. Um, you know, I, I, I really enjoy doing them. I'm picky about the ones that I do. But I'm I'm I really do enjoy doing them. But I don't have all of that nervousness now. I have learned how to kind of deal with that. I'm only like twelve percent nervous. The rest is like, come on, let's do it, get out of the way. Um, and then I get to do like a book signing after, and I get to meet people and do meet and sure. greets and like the, the the photo sessions and stuff with my fans. So I really 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 enjoy doing that. And then I just want to say something because at this point in the interview for anybody who's listening who doesn't know who I am will be thinking okay she sounds really cool but who is she like what does she do what's her gig so I'll just can I just insert this little bit here sure, for those sure of you? you can go for it for yeah, sure. do the resume piece I'll do the little resume bit and I haven't rehearsed this but I'll just say <laughs> it so um I'm an entrepreneur like most of you guys um I started out uh, really small with a small business and um, as I started to build, I became more and more popular as a person. So I started to build my brand. And then I would work with um, really amazing other entrepreneurs, really amazing entrepreneurs. I started off being able to do um, mentorship. I didn't want to do any training because I kind of didn't want to be those people who get rich telling people how to get rich. I wanted to really have businesses that I could actually, you know, have as my own. And um, you're here. Yeah, you know, and uh, yeah. then I'd be speaking from experience, not just because I want right. you to check, you know, I really feel right, about sure. that. I feel very strongly about that authentic message. Anyway, so I built um, that up. I did really well. I retired from that kind of um, angle of business and I wanted a shift myself. Um, I started numerous other companies that, um, you know, I, I did really well on. And then I moved, uh, as you can tell, I'm from England originally. I moved to Spain with my husband afterwards and um, really just started focusing on really building out not only my business, but also other businesses. And the plan then became more than just being a brand myself and, um, you know, being an entrepreneur myself, but I also wanted to acquire other assets. So I started building up other assets and investments. And I do that. I have a private equity firm. Um, and then I find uh, businesses that have a lot of promise, but have some kind of gap or some kind of issue 
that they need to kind of overcome in order to be able to kind of hit it big. Uh, so I tend to work with companies on a private equity side on that. So I'm always interested in um, businesses that ha are really, they've got real great strong services mm -hmm. uh, that they do uh, or, or products that they provide or whatever. And then we can kind of couple what I do and my background and so on and being able to help those businesses go forward. And I'm emotionally and, you know, on a weekly basis involved in those businesses growth. So um, I have the, property, uh, the private equity side. Um, in addition to that, I also founded a, um, a digital exposure network. The website is a digital exposure dot network. See how I did that there? That's pretty cool. Um, and uh, the digital exposure network was based on the fact that I became started to become really, really popular on social media. And so I said, gosh, if I could do this for myself, then what would be really cool is if I could, because I went from like 20,000 followers that, that uh, I think was or April 2014, I had 20,000 followers on, on Twitter. And then uh, by the end of that year, I had 100,000. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, if I could yeah. do this for 30 other brands, that was my mental number. I was like, I don't even have to start 30 companies because I still have to stop myself mm -hmm. from starting, starting companies that I can't do a bazillion things at once, even though I want to. Um, and I said, like, <laughs> let's start 30 other brands, different niches, uh, everything from beauty, fashion, food, uh, uh, you know, kind of fitness, um, you know, finance, just tech, just a mm -hmm. whole plethora. And the idea was build this massive network so that we could um, help uh, corporates to be able to advertise to the audiences and the fan bases that we build. Mm -hmm. And so um, we have now two and a half million followers in total. Um, and across all those different niches, we work with corporates, we work with um, celebrities, we do campaigns with celebrities, or we help them to strengthen their uh, communication with their um, with their fan base in such a way that it causes the fan base to become monetizable. And so uh, we work with corporates, we uh, do endorsement deals, I do endorsement deals as well. And so uh, to the public, I guess, um, in addition to having, uh, I'm a HuffPost uh, writer as well, but in addition to having um, all those things going for me, I also have four bestsellers under my belt. And um, my latest bestseller is Secret Collaborative Economy, more clients, more exposure, more profit faster. I wrote the book that I would have wanted to read that just short, shortcut uh, how mm -hmm. to increase sales, how to uh, develop relationships that, um, you know, result in, you know, financially rewarding and also brand rewarding endeavors. And so uh, the secret collaborative economy, uh, which is the name of the website, by the way, yeah, pitch, mm -hmm. the secret collaborative economy.com. And here's the book. This is the funny part because I forgot to bring one with you. So you guys are <laughs> insert guys are book here. I'm not doing it. Just the book. That's it, right? Um, I love it. <laughs> we talked about that before. So uh, anyway, so the Secret Collaborative Economy, phenomenal book, and um, it's available from secretcollaborativeeconomy.com. And really, the purpose of this book is to tell you how to get more clients, more exposure, more profit faster. So this is the second edition, and this one I chose not to work with Amazon 
um, on this one. I wanted to have a direct relationship with my readers. And so as a result, I, I didn't publish this one through or with um, Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Um, so yeah, this is basically uh, the, the this short version of, of kind of who I am and what I'm involved in. Mm-hmm. And um, because of the things I'm involved in, I was able to semi-retire at 32. Uh, and I have numerous businesses in my portfolio. One of my favorites that I'm spending a lot on t- of time on is uh, one called uh, Global Global Travel Clothing. That's the website as well. I saw that. And, um, yeah, mm-hmm. so Global Travel Clothing is really awesome. I love apparel. And so um, what we have is uh, amazing jackets, shirts. We've got a line of other things coming down the road as well. But what they are are jackets that you can carry your laptop in and your wow. you know your your ipad you can literally i i carried my knee-high boots in my jacket to go on the plane hmm. right because that's incredible and they were in my jacket comfortably in my jacket because i didn't have enough space in my case and i only wanted to use a carry-on so as somebody who travels around the world a lot i usually end up um you know different countries you go they have the hand luggage they limit to you to like five or seven kilos i'm like how am i supposed to live with that when my bag is one and a half kilos or two kilos to start with. Come on, you know? So, um, you know, I I really love the the concept of being able, because I've I've done this before, I was ever involved in this company, I'd have to start putting on layers that were in my bag, right? Everyone's done it, right? Mm -hmm. You overstuff your bag, which I frequently do, and then you have to start putting on layers. So... um, I really loved this company um, and the release of their jacket was really, really awesome. They did a great GoFundMe. I think we have another one um, planned uh, for a Kickstarter um, for a new jacket that we're going to be doing as well. So you can check out globaltravelclothing.com and um, also tag me in and I'll try to help you guys get coupons and stuff like that. But the long short of it is, is that if you can have a jacket that you can carry your laptop in, all your devices, every you know, you've got your headphones, you can use that when you're traveling, you can use it day-to-day use. This is ultimately a phenomenal product that everybody can use and have multiple sure. of because they're gorgeous. So um really, really happy about that. Um, and I'm spending a lot of time working on that with the founders, Glenn and Hui, as a husband and wife team. And um, I really love the essence of family businesses and really building up family businesses grow really, really big. So that's uh, one of my exciting projects. There's loads, but that's just a short one. Right. And and, I mean, you had obviously a pivotal moment. Um, Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about the mindset, you know, when that all kind of came down. I know you mentioned, you know, you had a little bit of depression. Um, but reading a book and there's power in that. And, you know, again, to the audience, everybody listening in, you know, these are the golden nuggets you write down because, uh, we always talk about platforms, you know, a lot of people talk about, and in your case, $8 a week, I mean, I'm not, Mm -hmm. you can't afford too much on, on that kind of income, um, or, or available income, I should say, or available money. And, you know, but you picked up a book and there's such power in books Mm -hmm. and, you know, this is the gateway that a lot of people have, you know, when they're trying to find information. And um, what was that, you know, where, where, so you felt depressed and you felt like things were, you know, not working, you stopped the business, and then you read this amazing book. What shifted, you know, from a mindset? Do you remember really what happened to you to, yeah, Yeah, share share that because I I, I love these types of uh, insights. Yeah. 
Um, I've had multiple shifts along the way. So that we don't forget it, let's um, ask me later about uh, the, <laughs> we'll take notes. there's a shift. There is a shift. Uh, let's call it, let's call it blueprint. Okay. Perfect. So ask me about it. that later. Cause that's, that's like blueprint really shift. pivotal okay. because that happened before I became um, semi-retired. So that, that's an important one, but I'll go back to Perfect. this one that you just asked me. Thank you very much for that question. So here's the thing. Um, the key thing for me when I read that book and my husband brought that book home for me, um, when I read that book, I, I felt in myself that I didn't really know who, what, what was I without that business? I, so I, 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 I was so involved in this thing that when it failed, I didn't know who I was without that thing. And so, so you had no personal I, identity. I had no personal identity. Like besides my work, that was it because I was so committed to it. And the way that I am as a person, like my personality is if I commit to do something, uh, literally I have to be sick to not deliver something terrible has to have happened for me to not deliver. I, I like as a human being, I don't like to give my word and then not do it, which is one of the reasons why no matter how long it took us to get to do this interview, there was no way I was going to not do this interview. Yeah. Right. Cause it was like, you guys don't know, you're listening to this interview. You're like, Oh, this is cool. This is, this is like the product of 17 months of, um, you know, getting together. Four continents and, so it's like for me to to be a person who doesn't do something at, at my core it actually does affect me which is why i'm even stronger about not committing to things that i don't feel that i can do or that um are going to be burdensome to me because it's very difficult for me mm -hmm. to to uh, say no once i've said yes and so for me that business was like a commitment to success and I didn't know what success would have meant. I didn't think, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make millions from it. That wasn't it. It's just I needed something to do because I hated having a job. You know, Love it. that was the Love honest it. truth. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, I did, a job. I did get a job um, during that period. And then the great thing is because we had had um, time, I, I actually almost a year I didn't work. My husband was working and then I read that book and then I started on this journey to be who I am today. And the, during that time when I had a job, I just want to talk about financials at the moment. Um, because we had gone so long, not having a lot of money, when my husband did get his, uh, the job that he settled into, which started to become a career for him, um, all of his income was enough to cover all of our expenses because we had been used to not having enough. And so we were able to spend all of his income on all of our expenses, even in a, including a little bit of doodads, you know, like, oh, we want to go to the cinema or I want to go out and buy a Coke, you know, I'm, like there was enough in there for everything, shopping and all that. And then so when I started to work and I think I was on maybe thirty thousand uh, dollars, which isn't that much today, but granted, but, you know, like. 15 years ago, um, as a 20 year old, it mm -hmm. wasn't a bad salary. So I, I got that role and, um, the entire salary, my whole money, my whole salary, we could use that to invest. So we could, we actually started looking mm -hmm. at like, what investments can we do? And, you know, because we had treated ourselves to the, um, cashflow 101 board game, when we, um, as our, as our wedding gift to ourselves, we treated ourselves to that. It's, 
that was our, you know, let's gain intelligence. It was $200 for the game at the time. It was, uh, I think yeah. it, was <laughs> it was expensive back then, you know, and you all you knew people getting it for 50 bucks a day uh, today. But, you know, back then it was, <laughs> it was, it was $250. Um, <laughs> so we got that. And then, so we, we, were, we were living life how we played the game, you know, uh, okay, mm -hmm. real estate investments, find a business, you know, we, we haven't started investing in bullion then, we, I, we do now, but we didn't at that point, but you know, in, you did little investments and looking for things. And so we would treat life like it was a world of opportunities and we were looking for opportunity cards in real life. Mm -hmm. And so that really became, mm. um, you know, what was important to us. And so, uh, you know, we started to kind of go into real estate a little bit and then little businesses and so on here and there, and just trying to find what worked for us. And then um, I did this course, this property course, and uh, in the process of doing that course, at the end of this, the, the, the course, I spent all of my money to do that course. We didn't have enough. It was all of our savings. We didn't have enough for both my husband and I to do it. So we said, I would do it, and I'd come back home every night, and I'd give him a full summary of everything that I had learned. Mm -hmm. So... I did the course and at the end of the course, all these great strategies. And I went to the person, I said, listen, the lady who presented, I won't say her name, uh, but the lady who presented it, I said, listen, I need to talk to you. I want you to know I'm, I will do whatever you tell me to do. Just give me a specific instruction, something practical I can go and do today. And I will do it till the wheels drop off. But I spent all my money to come to this seminar. I have no more money left. What do I do? And so she told me what to do, which was her suggestion was um, start a property sourcing business. So I would look for the deals and then I would then tell people, other investors, because I had access to investors. So I would tell them that I have these deals and if they buy the deal, they give me X percent of the deal, which um, was actually still a small deal. So I, a, a small opportunity card it didn't cost me anything to have it i just needed a website so i got a website up and the first thing i did because i had no marketing experience and i had no market so the first thing i did is i went into this property forum and um obviously it's a lot easier now to to do all this stuff but back then there was only a few so i went into this property forum and i said hi i have a property sourcing business and um get this the name of it was regarding property Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> and then I, when I call people, I say, hi, this is regarding property. And they go, okay, thank you. What, what is it about? I'm like, no, I'm calling from regarding property. It was, okay, it was a mess. It was a mess. Um, but it really, it was, it was, I was young and I wanted to try and do something. And, um, and I just took action and every mentor I've ever had is, has always said to me, the thing they love about me is like, I'm so determined, I'm driven, but I will always run with what they say. Like if they give me, it doesn't take a lot. And that's why whenever I, I, I don't do mentorship now, but I do still do um, some consultancy. And when I do my consultancy, I say to people, you don't need to spend that much time with me. A little bit of me goes a bloody long way. Yeah. Um, right. yeah. Alan, you know that from when mm -hmm. we've had conversations, you know, I can talk to you <laughs> mm -hmm. about something and you could take a year yeah. to implement everything that I've said. You're going to end mm -hmm. up at the end of that year way better off had you not had that conversation. But a little sure. bit of me goes a bloody long way. And yeah. so um, I, I essentially ran with what she said. And then because somebody who I um, was doing 
Oh, I know we didn't have a lot of time, but can I just tell you this little story? Yes, I think you can. Yeah, go for it. It's fantastic. <laughs> You're on a roll. Go. So, Keep going. <laughs> I had a problem with doing things on time, not because I didn't want to do them on time, but we've already established not doing things that I said I was going to do was something I can't ever, like, it, it, it affects me, like, at a core sure. level, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I had, I started promoting, and then, Great thing is I got like four or five customers straight away who wanted to, me to do these property reports that will help them to find places around the country to, to buy properties. And I would sit down, I'd do tons of research. I'd speak to like five agents in every area and really get all the gems. And, you know, I've even had um, real estate agents who would say to me, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't invest in this area. And they're saying it and they're telling me what's bad with the area and why the, the market is depressed. But they're an agent. Their job is to sell. Um, mm -hmm, and, but sure. I'm just getting all the little nuggets. And I would just go to multiple sources. I'd break down the rumors. You'd hear, oh, this area is about to come up because blah, blah, blah is happening. Everybody spreads the rumor. Nobody bothers to call the, the, you know, the local council uh, or the authorities <laughs> to see if that's even true. So I would be that person who would always check out. And I think that kind of goes to another one of your, your questions um, before. You know, for me... I, I never want to feel like I don't know. I, I don't. I hate the feeling of feeling like somebody's got an answer that I need, and and you're mm -hmm. trying to keep the answer from me because that answer could be mean everything. And so I will sure. do all of my research. I'll get on get on YouTube. I'll you know I'll find the websites. I'll look for the biggest people in that business and try to understand what their views are, so I can start to establish my own. So I'm not borrowing other people's views on something. Anyway, so long story short, I one of my customers, one of my four customers who I was doing those property reports for, I was late giving him his report. And the way that I would do the report to make sure that people wouldn't share it without coming back to me to buy it would be I would print it and then send it to you in the post. I wouldn't I love it. send it to you by uh, no email. <laughs> right. Now, those of you who are all, you know, all you young 90s babies, who are like, so what? You just take a photo of each page and email it. You didn't have phones like that back you then. That. You wouldn't be sitting down taking uh -huh. photos of, of each page and then like being like, fine, you want to keep it from me, take a photo, and then you put it into a PDF and then it becomes a reader or something. No, it doesn't. We didn't do that then. Mm -hmm. um, so the key thing was um, I did that. It really worked out um, uh, well because I, of my delay when I did send it to him, I emailed it to him. And then he went and did what I didn't want him to do, which was email it to somebody else. But in email doing that, he emailed it to one of the biggest property experts in the country at the time. She read it and then she emailed me and she said, I read what you did for blah, blah, blah. And it's brilliant. We need people who are doing more like this. Can you come and speak at my event? And wow. that was my well, first. So, huh. Wow. So, so truly life cake in that respect. Yeah. Truly life right. was, uh, you know, rigged in your favor. You know, if you like right. me, I, I, I enjoy that quote. Um, I'm going to step back for a second because there was uh, obviously um, some really cool things. And we're going to come back to your blueprint question. In fact, I'll reserve that for Alan so he has something to, uh, to, to poke in. But, you know, just relatable story around identifying. You said something cool. You said, I hated having a job. Now, I'll tell you a little mm -hmm. story uh, just quickly. You know, 2011 um, or 
or 2009, I sold my business, bought a job. I often tell this story like this. And by 2010, the end of it, um, I had nothing. You know, I walked away from an opportunity that I thought I was going to have, you know, um, what I what I what I anticipated. You know, long story short, I had identified myself with this business, with this, you know, thing that I'm good at without really, you know, stepping back and saying, you know, is this true? You know, asking that question, and I love that question. Is this true? And I looked at it, and this is, you know, again, to reiterate what Marsha just talked about for our audience, is to look at that and say, you know, what am I really good at? And, you know, I'm a good sales guy. I'm really good at that, and I know that. So what I started shifting to, you know, looking at the barrel of the, you know, the gun, you know, do I get a job? You know, do I have to go back because I have nothing? And, you know, finding that courage, and you mentioned something really pivotal, and it was that same thing I did. I need a mentor. I need someone who can give me the guidance, knowing I have no cash, but I need someone to just point me in the right direction. And that, when I changed my view looked at myself of what I'm good at, and actually the people, places, events, circumstances started to show up. And therefore, I had a little bit of information that helped me, like yours, where all of a sudden you just said, hey, what do I do? And she pointed you in a direction which led down to an opportunity, which led to the next thing and led to the next thing. So mm -hmm. there's enormous power in starting something. So all those listening in, you're in a position right now where you're, you know, looking at life and you want some change, which is imminent anyway, it's to ask those tough questions. What do I want? Why do I want it? What feeling am I going to have or do I want? And, you know, why do I want that feeling? And why is that feeling missing? Because I think that's the deep spiritual thing and that's the connection that we have. And when we find that, that's the identity that we actually should walk down the path and I love your story because you demonstrated through telling us that journey all of those things that are prevalent in most people's lives that sometimes don't look a little deeper or ask that question and uh, I just wanted to um, you know tell you that I really appreciate that story and and uh, Alan I know you want to come back or, or maybe add on to that but we do have that question just remember on the blueprint shift because I want to hear this obviously it's it's pretty powerful because it came to Marsha's mind but uh, Jump in there on that, but I wanted to make that point for the audience um, that it's you know really important um, you know to listen in not only to the story but how relatable it is to your life right now because I think that's key. When we hear stories, we can ask those you know important questions and and help guide and and that was our intention with this show is to dive deep and really help people with discovering you know what your genius or what something you can go and you know really step into and. You know, 2018 is right now, and uh, how 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 awesome is it, it is it to have Marsha on at the beginning to really get mm -hmm. things going? And I, you know, that was our intent, and and it, and it worked out. You know, even 17 yeah. months later, we're at the beginning yeah. of the year, and that's exciting. So, Definitely. Alan, I know you guys over are you. never going to give me like you're never going to let that go. I'm going to ask you no, to do something and... really random that's going to take you two years to figure out. Good luck, and then I'll and then I'll well, be able to hold that with you guys forever. <laughs> okay, well I'm gonna start right now because been 17 months. I have 17 questions for you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Go ahead. 
No, like, I don't. I don't. I have three pages of notes and about five questions. But I'm gonna, but I'm gonna ask one. Something you you talked about, and you were very adamant about. You're a person of action, which I, I totally respect, and it's something that Christian sure. and I talk about Courage. a lot. You can speak from knowledge. You, you can speak from other people's information. You can speak from action. And you talked about don't borrow other people's views. And there's an awful lot going on in the consulting arena right now. I think globally. Chris and I are finding this with a, with a, a number of clients that are coming to us saying, what's up? What do we do? Because they're being told by people that are data aggregating information from somebody else. They haven't applied it. They don't know the circumstances in which it was implemented. They have no tools to pull from. They have no resources and no experience with what happens when there's a train wreck. And so they come to that. And, and I, I want you to elaborate a little bit on that when it comes to you know, not borrowing somebody else's knowledge, go out and do the work. Because when right. you do the work, you'll have cache of, of information, of knowledge. Somebody needs right. that. When, when did that really happen for you when you said, okay, I need to learn this myself before I can teach it? I think I was about three. I don't like I've always been kind of I've had this part of me that was like always anti-authoritarian my mom was my mom says that I actually started to walk when I was six months those wow. of you who have kids will just be like how do you do that um, I've always been really advanced so I was kind of like in college early and I say college because in England that that's sure. kind of like upper high school or whatever i don't know how you guys would do that university there, but, um yeah. long story short i finished high school like a year early but kind of not because i got kicked out of school quite a lot so i i was always advanced but like i was misbehavior in school because i felt like um whatever you need to teach me does not take me two years to get it so make it faster. Yeah, really funny, actually. My mom said that I was, um, you know, I was kind of walking from six months and um, I started to walk from six months. So this is like, I've always been super advanced, like always wanting to kind of know everything quicker. I was, uh, you know, I was getting kicked out of school a lot in my teens. I, I was actually in um, group homes um, from I was about 12 years old. And um, when I was going to different schools, I was actually getting kicked out of schools quite a lot uh, because I was misbehaving a lot. And um, it really got to that point where I felt like, whatever you need to teach me, you need to do it quicker. I, I had a very short attention span. I wanted everything to be quick. And so um, that level of impatience, in some ways, is not really good to have, but it actually does serve you if, if you're somebody who is mm -hmm. always very inquisitive. And I've always been that inquisitive person. So for me, if I wanted to know, like, for example, uh, which mineral water is the best mineral water, I'm not going to just Google what's the best mineral water. I'm going to understand what minerals needs to be in it and why and what that does to the body and um, which companies do it. And if it's not a good, if it's not necessarily a company, but it comes from a particular part of the world that like, I want to understand that whole thing. So that when I go to a meeting or if I'm in some kind of environment where we're going to be talking about mineral water, I'm not going to look like an idiot. You know that. that yeah. So in a sense, my inquisitiveness yeah. is probably more a desire to avoid looking like an idiot. <laughs> uh, and it's, and, and it's also, sort of the acorn. Yeah. It's the acorn effect. You know, yeah, you want to like, know I, what that, 
Yeah. Yeah. It, it, what the know, trees like, can build, what the city right. can come from. Yeah, I exactly. love it. Expansion. The other thing as well, like, I also um, I also speak a couple different languages, or at least at a conversational level. So I speak a little bit of conversational um, Spanish because I lived in Spain for three years. And um, mm -hmm. now I speak some Indonesian because I live in Indonesia. Um, a lot of the time I'm backward and forward between there, Singapore and other places. And so uh, part of the reason that I've always wanted to speak different languages so that I could hear when people are talking about me and then randomly go, yeah, dude, I know that you're talking about me. I can hear everything you're saying. Just... I love it. So I've just always had that little that. inquisitiveness. I just always want people to well as well to know because I did another interview today and the interview was super like nervous. I was like, dude, don't be nervous. I'm totally normal. I just want people to know it's not about just what you look like, you know, to the sure. world. It's about being able to be down to earth, somebody that people can talk to, people fall in love with. Um, I was speaking to a celebrity the other day who wanted us to kind of take on her talent management and helping her build to a certain point. And, um, you know, she was like, well, you know, I don't want to follow people. Um, you know, isn't it better for me to like follow five people and be followed by hundreds of thousands? And I said, do you want to be known as a celebrity who doesn't have a real relationship with her fans? Or do you want to be known as, uh, you know, somebody who everybody feels like they can connect with and they can touch? And for me, I would rather be that. So anybody who looks at it and says, oh, how come you follow so many people? It's because I choose to have a great relationship with my audience. I can't follow everyone back. I have other things to do with my day but those who I do follow back I sit back I try to follow people I look for people who are interesting I'm willing to follow people so that I build great relationships and that I am able to expose myself to them and what their world is and vice versa and I think there's an elitist uh, mentality that comes with social media that says if you're not xyz if you don't have these numbers then you're not anyone and it's right. not important, the numbers. What's important is the collaborations, the type of people that you work with, um, the, 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 the kind of strength that you come. If people know that you're not really strong online, but offline, you could have a database of 600 million, right? You know, or a million people or 200,000 right. people or 20,000 people who are super responsive when you send an email people buy. That's something that you go into a collaboration with. You say, look, truth is, I don't really have a big social media audience. I'd be willing to help you build your offline how I've got my offline, because I know that. I know my bag there. But if you could help me build my social, that would be great. Always know what's your strength. This is something I call asset points in my book. Know what your asset points are and go into collaborations with those asset points in mind. Never go asking you know, somebody to help you and you're not even trying to think about how you can bring something to their life that lights up their world, you know? Any given day I could be walking down the street and, you know, somebody might say to me, you know, I'm really, I'm sorry to bother you, I, 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 you know, can I have some money? Like the other day I was outside the um, a store and this lady said to me, oh, you know, can I, can I have some money? I need to get some food for the house. And I said to her, I'll buy you some food because I never quite know. So I said, I'll buy, you, sure. I'll buy you some food. What do you want? And I mm -hmm. got her a couple of bits and I came back out. I'll never see that lady again. However, I don't have an issue helping because she asked for help. Right. Sure. So asking for help is the first step. The other thing that you could do, which is 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 different to that scenario on social media, we are contacted. My team have to help me deal with this because it's too many people. But I'm contacted um, weekly, hundreds of times by everything from media opportunities, 
uh, interview requests, people who want to be me to be involved in their business in some way, people who are asking for favors, people who are asking me for money uh, to donate or to just give them money. Uh, really odd men who don't realize I'm married. Uh, all kinds of stuff, right? So of all these messages that I receive every week, um, the ones that, and like I read them and I'm like, really, really though, really? Like I turn all American with it, really? Um, and, and those are people who kind of come and ask for something and they have not even had the courtesy mm -hmm. to say, hello, how are you? It's, hi, Marsha. Could you do blah, 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 blah. And I'm reading it and I'm going, I'm going to restore my faith in humankind. I'm going to restore my faith in humankind. As I continue to read, there's never an offer. There's never a, this is what I can do for you in return. Even if, even if your offer is not really something I need, try to make an effort, you know, for, right. for, for people who are influential and who actually take the time to read. I can't read everything because there's too much stuff coming in. But for the people who actually do take to, to, to take time to read, we want to see people come forward and say, hey, look, this is what I can bring to you. If you haven't got a big budget, say, listen, I haven't got a big budget, but what I have, I know that you're going to be worth working with. Can we try to see if we can come up with something? Uh, if you if you don't have a lot of, of, of followers, because that's one of the things that people are going to look at, you know, you send a message and say, I want to collaborate with you. They're going to go and check you out. Make sure that your website is decent, please, people. Make sure yeah. that, that you have something online that makes people think, oh, being associated with you is a good look. You know, it's not going to be a step backwards for me. You know, just just try to be wise about how you do stuff. So when you ask me that question about, um, you know, like the, where that inquisitiveness comes from and, and just making sure that I have, I'm sharing my own opinions of things, I need to be able to know something. If I'm going to tell you something, it's because I know it. I know it inside out. I'm good at it. I've tested it. I don't practice on anyone. I'm not a doctor who practices. I, I know right. what I'm doing on my topic and I'm hot on my topic. And I, 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 you know, somebody might say, oh, that's arrogance. No, baby, it's thousands of hours of studying, yeah. reading, testing, <laughs> tweeting, paying a lot of people to implement strategies that we put together as a whole um, as part of the Digital Exposure Network. It's a lot that goes into it. So it looks all easy and everybody has, a, a you know, an opinion, but if I do speak about something, if I say something, I, I know that topic. I'm always going to be good at what I, what I talk about because I don't want anybody to ever take that away from me. For sure. Well, you know you're and the universe, and that's, yeah. and that's the biggest that's the biggest key. You, you know your lane. You know what you're talking about, uh, and you've done the work. There is no it, – it's like when, when you lie to somebody, you got to remember the lie you told. Yeah. If you tell the <laughs> truth, you, it, it's all 100% present at all places at all times, all right? So Always, that's awesome. Sure. I, b before we get before we get on to another one though, we got to go back and okay. and and thank you for that for that honest, transparent um, answer to a very I think a very large topic and a very challenging problem for a lot of people is be honest, be transparent, and be real about who yeah. you are. What you do have yeah. to offer is good. Yeah. Somebody needs to hear that. It yeah, may be something right. different at a different level that somebody else could give, but what yeah. your experience is in something has value. Don't don't you know yeah. undervalue and, that. And just Let's a, go a back to point on that, Alan. Just before you move yeah. on, I'm so sorry, but a very good point on that. No, you're good. Sometimes we get into, and this is why I focus so much on it in my book on understanding what your asset points are like there's a whole workbook 
along with it mm -hmm. that you can kind of go through and see what your asset points are and what you can give people in a value for value proposition. But the reason that I did that is because sometimes people look at their life or their business and go, I really don't have anything to offer. And it's because you don't realize the value of what you have. The value of so it's it. It's really yeah. important, even if it's small, even if you're just getting started, even if you're, you, you have all these things that you've done, but you don't really know how to communicate it in a way that mm -hmm. sounds attractive to someone else. It's important to be able to find a way to make it sound attractive. I remember, like, I was thinking way too deep as a young person, but like, I'd be like 10 years old thinking a better word for a dustbin man would be like a local environmental engineer at 10. You know, wow. like wow. I'm, 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 I'm thinking <laughs> of deep things like that. And, and it, it, it's just important to try to make sure that even if it, it's little to you, think of how far you're down the line based versus somebody who's just starting. Right. Right. And always right. look at somebody sure. else needs your knowledge. I remember part yeah. of the blueprint thing I was going to say, actually, it's more like, you know, a frequency. But part of that frequency that I had to tip into was uh, one of my mentors said to me, um, you know, he's a multi, multi-millionaire, very famous man. And he said to me, um, you know, you, you should be, I want you to come and speak to all my millionaire and billionaire friends about how they can, um, build up their, you know, other revenue channels because, you know, you can make a lot of money from the land. He kind of went on this offshoot. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And I'm sitting down and here's me, this is my face. I'm like, oh, that sounds great. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just let me know. Let me know. He's like, yeah, I'm going to fly you out to New York and you're going to be able to come and, you know, you just talk to these people because I know you know the stuff. And I, my, I'm like, okay, really? Okay. Well, that sounds great. Thanks. And then in my brain, I'm like, oh my God, what is he talking about? What's that? <laughs> multi-billionaires and multi-multi-millionaires at that point I wasn't a millionaire I was like what am I supposed to say to these people how is he how does he think I know this stuff what the hell does he think I know and in my brain my level of intelligence is like ugh, you know and to somebody on the outside they look at you and they go "Ooh, that's interesting I could use that mm -hmm. So sure. never, ever, ever think that what you know isn't sufficient to take you to the next level. Nothing is right. wasted in life. No experience right. is wasted, no matter how difficult, no struggle is wasted, no matter how, how mm -hmm. um, pernicious the enemy was that you had to overcome to beat the boss at the top of that level. Nothing is wasted. So never look at it like you don't know something because somebody who's way ahead of you could look at you and go, that's interesting. Look how they do that and and sure. be interested in that so so always think about all those asset points and trying to find a way to make sure that it sounds interesting enough so that other people can look at it and go oh i, I could use that sorry to interrupt you, sure. Adam, no no that's totally and, and, cool i'm glad that, i'm glad that you said that because it's, i think it's a key and, thing sorry chris go for it for sure that's okay i was you know just going to say that you know successful people the person that was talking to you you know understands the principle of slight edge where you can learn mm -hmm. from everybody Right. saw something in you that you can teach based on yeah. you know where you were at that point yeah. so you know successful people get that I learn from everybody I don't judge or prejudge right. I just listen and yeah. I listen for the opportunity and if there's none there that's okay you know again exactly. it's all about um, how you look at it and you know the, you, you said something 
you know, about takers. You know, the, you know, it's one of the things in the quotes that I uh, always stick to around that. The universe um, conspires with those that give and take from those that take. So when you're going and you're out there, and this is for the audience, is think about that. Think about what you can give. Think about how you can share. Think about what you can, you know, do to get on that person's radar to help them, you know, any small way that you can. And, 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 and sometimes it's not going to work, but something will come if you practice yeah. that. Um, I want to go back and, you know, obviously the show goes really quick, Marsha. So we'll probably have to do a follow-up show, but that's okay. We'd love to have you back on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do want to go back to the blueprint. I think it's important. Yep. And then what we are going to shift to at that point, just because of time, we want to make sure uh, that we get in, um, you know, the last question we'd like to, to leave everybody with, and I'll leave that for Alan. But uh, tell us about the blueprint. Uh, I know you just touched on it a little tiny bit, yeah. um, but it was one of those things that you said, hey, we got to talk about it. So let's talk about it now and uh we'll okay, so, uh we'll move on um so if you could think there's loads of different words that we, we that we use you know as an as an expert in the area you know you see all these different seminars and all this stuff and people are always trying to tell you about this amazing thing that will be the you know the start of the next you know generation of your life you know kind of like huge words that mean very little um what really is important um is and i use the word blueprint because it was the one that came to my mind just to make sure i didn't forget what i want to talk about but what i really wanted to talk about is something called a frequency and the shift that that we made um and that i made was a a understanding that something there's there's a place that you can go where you can operate on a frequency this isn't a physical place it's in your brain um, that you can operate on a frequency that entirely enables you to think differently in a way that um, is a springboard to accomplishing anything that you want to accomplish in the world, in the universe. And I have found that more people who are successful operate in a similar frequency than those who are trying to get there or just normal everyday people in the world, right? And um, it's a frequency, yeah, there's a frequency of boldness. I don't want to put any other term on it. I don't want to tag it to anybody else who said this or whatever. This is something I have learned um, and and something that um, started from three different mentors, uh, four different mentors that I had in my life at a particular period of time. Now, part of the frequency came from being able to question everything. This meant that everything I thought I knew had to be questioned. Everything was up for grabs. Everything everything that I thought I knew about money, about success, about business, about lifestyle, um, I had to question everything. And so when I started to do that, I started to realize where there were a ton of assumptions that I was making. For example, if you're rich, you're happy. If you're wealthy, you have less problems. If you um, are making millions of dollars or your businesses are making millions of dollars, that means you have a giant team who, um, and everybody works really well. Uh, You know, obviously we can compare that to Big companies, in my brain, this was the, the, the lie, right? Big companies who, uh, you know, once you're a big company, everything's going well and you're just steaming, rolling ahead. 
I started to question everything and understood that just because you were big or had more money or, or you had loads of opportunities, it didn't mean that anything was perfect. So the frequency became uh, what there's a whole load of things. I think I'm actually going to write a book on this. I'll tell you guys this, this thought and then you tell me if you think I should write a book on it. But imagine you could turn your brain to the point where you're having a communication with somebody, you're just having a talk with somebody about something random, and then you can flip it, where in that moment, you see things kind of matrix style, where when you're talking with that person, you now can go to a deeper place, you can get to deeper questions, deeper answers, deeper um, way of applying what they're saying to your own life, that, that will help you to get the voice in your head, I feel and I believe, with all of my heart, that at birth, everybody is assigned a voice, two voices in their head. One is a negative voice that has nothing to tell you but negative things. It tells you everything you ever did wrong. It compares you to everybody who you believe and it believes is better than you, which is 98% of the world, right? It tells you um, all of your failures, it tells you all the things that you said you were going to do, but you didn't get around to doing, it makes you feel convicted about everything. That voice is the one that the morning you could go up and say, oh, I've got to call my mum today, and then you never quite get around to it because you know all the things that she's going to say and you have this whole thing in your head. Uh, it convinces you to not go exercise. It, it then tells you off for not going to exercise after it convinced you not to go and exercise. It's all the negative things that happen. I don't believe that's us. I believe it's a specific voice that is assigned to us at birth, okay? Um, and then I believe that there's another voice that um, is the one that encourages you, that tells you amazing things about yourself, that says you keep on keeping on, that um, reminds you that you can do it, and all these other great things. I believe there's another voice. It's called almost like an anchor. and if you can realize that the the brain, I think I believe the number is that we have anything between like um, fifty and ninety thousand um, uh, thoughts a day, okay, and of those, eighty percent of those are negative. You can't out positive think it, and of those thoughts, they actually uh, the the statistic is ninety percent of the things you think are the things that you thought about the day before the weeks before, the months before. So as humans, we are geared to actually continue thinking the same unless we change our frequency. And so some of the things that I learned during that process um, of development was, I'll give you an example, because I know what I'm saying is very um, aloof or can feel very aloof. I'll give you an example. On my website, I used to say, um, I teach people how to... Um, how I teach ordinary people how to become experts who can make a quarter million a year doing, you know, doing what they're passionate about. That's what I used to do years ago. Okay. So I had that on my website. So one of these mentors that I mentioned, and he was doing multi-million dollar deals with big banks, um, and he had been done doing it for many years, made a lot of money doing it. This is one of my mentors. He says, Why do you keep saying quarter million? And I said, well, you know, because I, you know, most people who they want to be able to build on their their expertise and they want to be able to build up. Da, da, da. And he said, yeah, but why do you keep saying quarter million? And I and I was like, well, what, what do you mean? 
And he was talking on a different frequency and I wasn't at that frequency. Mm -hmm. So by him asking me the question three times, it caused me to stop and say, I'm not hearing him. I hear him, but I'm not hearing him. So I got clarification. And what he said to me was, every time you say that figure, those who make a lot more than that realize you have something and they cannot work with you. I said, no. Wow. Then that started making me say, what can I say to a millionaire? What can I say to somebody who is, you know, doing 50 to 100 million? And then I started going on this journey because I don't like feeling like I don't know. What does it take to be that? What does it take to be able to, to speak in a way that is relevant um, to that kind of audience? And I started learning how to sell to the rich and how to um, build relationships with wealthy people and how to change my language. And it was a big change and shift in language, how I spoke. It wasn't that I was speaking in slang all the time. I speak like this all the time. It was it was the the words that I spoke that uh, that revealed me as somebody who didn't quite belong and learning and understanding what those things were. That was another part of the puzzle that makes up this frequency. Um, my language was another part of the frequency, understanding how to question everything. And there is a how to doing it. And it requires a lot more logical, critical thinking than people perhaps even realize is required to operate in that in that environment. Um, how rich people speak, how wealthy people do things, how people who are successful in sports or whatever area of their, their business or whatever they do, career somehow it's successful in their career. How do those people operate uh, in a way that they are not the way that they were? How do you take a person who was just normal everyday, you know, Jim or Jane on the street and then 20 years down the road, they're a genius at what they do. They're, they're world famous. Something has to happen on that journey. It's not just one little thing. It's a myriad of things that actually all comes back to this frequency. So um, the key thing I have to try and see if I can give you guys a key takeaway. This is one of my goals this year to be able to sit down and compile this. because I, I, I know this publisher who wants to work with me to get this out. So I have to sit down and, and really figure out how I can compound all of these lessons of a chick who was, you know, living on eight dollars a week to being where I'm at, you know, I was in children's homes, group homes, and, you know, I've gone through multiple instances of, of molestation and, and all this bad stuff that happened to me, business failures, and all this, the, all these things that happened to me and, and happened around me, and all these lifestyles, lifetimes I've lived in one person. How do I, how do I express how to get that to that point? And so I wanna try to give your listeners a takeaway. Think about your life. Marsha, I want to interrupt you a second. Sure. I want to interrupt you a second. Keep that thought. But I want okay. to answer the question that you asked a minute ago. Should you write this book? Yes, you should write this book. But you, are, but you <laughs> already know that you thing. should write this book. I, but you I, already know I, that. I, 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 feel, I feel like I have to write it. Um, sure. Yeah. And, I, and I want the audience to hear that. I yeah. want you to hear them at you ask that question, but also for them to hear that you had the answer okay. because you've done the work. 
Fair enough. Sure. So anyway, I want I, I wanted to make a point. Of that. Go you. ahead and and sorry Thank for the interruption. I, I, but go, but go ahead. It's fine. I feel like it's going to be if I do go ahead and do it, and I do feel like I need to do it now. It's a matter of timing and making sure I can make myself available for the catharticism that will come. If that's a word. Um, for sure. But yeah, so I do feel like I, I and and guys, if, those of you who are listening who've made it this far, you're an absolute champion. Thank you for listening to me banter on. <laughs> But if you also feel like <laughs> I should write this book, um, you know, I'm not, I don't want you to go to my website and sign up or anything. Just send me a tweet, say, Marsha, the frequency book, please write it. Something, just let Perfect. me know that it, 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 it's- We will that rally behind that. Yeah, please, please do. So, um, so the, the, for the takeaway for everyone, um, think of your life. Um, there's an exercise I want everybody to be able to do, but just think of your life in a way that you could say there's five of this five more of me in parallel universes mm -hmm. okay and those five more of you in a parallel universe everyone can do this exercise think of the first one right what is your job what do you do uh you know what are you doing that is like things that you would love to do it doesn't mean it has to be who you are in five different ways. This is just a, another person who looks like you, has your name, but they do something completely different. Think of all those different levels. And then what I want you to do is, is visualize yourself in a way that says, I have the capability of being able to do those things, right? Whatever those things are. And then bring that back to your today life and then try to understand what's preventing you from getting there. Part of what's preventing you is, is your mind. The other part, like your own mind, how, how places you allow your mind to wander. Uh, did you know that you can switch your mind off and only think of good things? Did you know that you have the power not to allow whatever goes through your brain to taunt you and go through your mind at any given time? I want you to think of your your brain in a way that you can manipulate it to do what you want to do, to accomplish what you want to accomplish. And then imagine you were that person. Imagine you were that person who was amazing and who, who hit every ball out of the park, who um, had the lifestyle and the family life and the relationships and the body that you want, whatever it is, the health that you want. Imagine you were that person. Now I want you to take that from the ether and bring it into your real life and go, what do I need to change? Something needs to change in my mind. Something needs to change in my circle, the people you permit to speak into your life, be around you day in, day out. Something needs to change in how I do business, who I do business with, what way I choose to do business. Something has to change there too. Something has to change in your relationships. You have to look at you. And in addition to all of that, your mentality when it comes to money has to change and evolve. Um, the, your mentality when it comes to who you are and what you limit yourself of being able to achieve because of what you have achieved and what you haven't achieved and the things that are on your list of things to do. All of that needs to, keyword, evolve. You're okay where you are now, right? If nothing changed in your life, where you are now, you'd survive. You'd make it work. That is the human condition to survive, make it work, and don't be too risky. 
the elevation I want you guys to do is to start thinking about how do I operate on a different frequency and think differently and more intelligently and more critically than I already think so that I can use that as a platform to get where I want to be. You do not have the capacity to do everything you want to do on this world. You have the talent, the raw talent to make it happen. Your capacity is increased by those you're around, the relationships that you build, the collaborations that you do, every stepping stone. See, I had the, I, from that story earlier, I had the, I had the talent to do something that would help me to become a speaker, that would help me to build my businesses. I didn't have the capacity because I didn't have an audience. I didn't know any of that. Somebody sent an email to somebody else who sent an email to me, and that was my start. And so I, I just story. encourage everybody to do yeah. that. You know, Alan, we just hit the bold move. That was an <laughs> I incredible. Was say, I was, if you didn't that, say it, I was going to say it. Right? That's the bold move. Right? <laughs> yep. Cool. Yeah, that is the bold Absolutely. move. I mean, we cool. literally have uh, some work cut out for us, all of us listening in, and uh, Marsha, um, I absolutely uh, love what you provided as a, some, a takeaway, and that's exactly where we end our show, is something that you can sit down and, and do, and that's our bold move, and I truly believe that that is a bold move for everybody to take and, uh, and work through that, and listen to this a couple of times, yeah. uh, you know, Marsha, giving you some instructions to be able to take your life into a new direction, what needs to change. Thank you so much for that. And, you know, I wish we had uh, more and more time. But, you know, we're going to hang out again, Marsha. That's a for sure. Absolutely. Because I'd love to. I, I love it. And, and I'm going to be the first one to tweet you today, uh, cool. you know, that I want to I, I want something, you know, to, to talk about with this frequency book and and something to learn and learn from someone who uh, ultimately uh, has applied this in your life. And you've changed uh, a lot of what uh, where you were and where you're going uh, is obviously still something that you tap into and you've learned this Definitely. skill. Alan, man, this this was well worth all of the weight and to have Marsha it it come and hang out with us for sure. And I know it's I, I just a, got I, one I, of these perma smiles right now. And a note, right? We just started sort of yeah. paused there for a moment and, and everybody had this smile on our face. Uh, for those who can't see it listening in, uh, it was actually, well, you know, we, we have this and the beauty is we record this by uh, by video so we can actually pause the video and take a snapshot because I think that was, a, that was definitely a valid moment uh, in the show. Uh, extraordinary show, extraordinary lady, and we can't wait to circle with you and do more, Marsha, and we want to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts to take some time out and uh, and show people, you know, who you really are and, and uh, you know, as normal as you are and, and just going for it. You've got one life to live as far as we know, and uh, you're just going at it, and I, and I appreciate that so much, and it's encouraged me to just say, you know what? The hell with it all. I'm going and doing and stepping into it. And uh, I think a lot of what 2018 is is for a lot of people we're circled with is to just go just go for it. it. Go for it. Just Absolutely. Get that get that frequency. You can do it. You can do it. You just got to push to get to that place. I, I'm I'm so excited. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It's been my pleasure, indeed. Well, it's been an honor Alan. to have you on the show. It really has. It's been an honor to be your friend. It's been an honor to be your on your grid. And uh, I think this is just the beginning of, uh, you know, some, some long-term some long -term friendships and opportunities that I don't know where it'll take us. And, and it's mm -hmm. not important today that we, that we know that. 
but it is yeah, important right. today that we stay connected, that we offer, maybe we become a voice for each other. And uh, once again, thanks for being on the show. Chris has been, this, this is, this is when one, one of my favorite shows. I have five pages sure. of notes and yet I can listen to this thing <laughs> over again and write 10 more pages. And we will. And we will. But, uh, and and we that's will. the beauty of the is tonight. Yes. Before anybody else gets the chance to do that. Yeah, exactly. Release it out there. Hey, thank you to the audience you guys are amazing yeah. and that's what makes our show uh thank you to c-suite uh radio uh for mm -hmm. featuring us on the platform and we're really excited to be part of google play itunes stitcher podomatic which is our regular channels hey come check us out social media we'll have this posted and for sure let's follow marcia because she's got mm -hmm. a lot to share and i can't wait for this new frequency book to come out hey marcia is it going to be called boldness because I don't know. I, I want think that, I, you know. I want to, I want to, um, I'm, I'm, I have an idea. But okay. I'm going to call it. Awesome. Don't but share it here because somebody else might it. buy it. I'm going yeah, to announce it. it when I'm ready. I swear. And then when, when, I I, when I announce it and we're ready and I'm writing the book, I make a solemn vow. I will definitely make you guys among the first interviews that I do for that book. For sure. Oh, well, thank for you for that. That'd be great. Thank you. That'd be great. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Yeah. We uh, appreciate all of you. And, uh, of course, uh, we appreciate you, Marsha. You have yourself a great day. Yeah, and it wouldn't be a guys. show without me saying, do something nice for someone today. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.